How do you feel about Coca-Cola sponsoring Cop? Hey, Babu. <laughs> I said I will get an electric vehicle when I can charge my car with clean energy. Please go ahead and afford that AC and own that AC and enjoy that AC, but make sure you don't reduce the car temperature below 24 degrees. Our Mother Earth is going to tell us all that. अगर पैसा कमाना है तो करना पड़ेगा बॉस Hi, this is Diya Mirza. I've had such a wonderful time interacting with Sadika on news and views. We've spoken about COP27. We've spoken about where do we stand in human history and what is the role that we play as a part of capitalist societies, consumerist societies, and just getting to know what and how choices can define our lives. You can catch this conversation on. Uh, the podcast across all the quint platforms i hope you'll tune in and um, i look forward to your feedback and your comments welcome dear to our podcast news and views and the last time we were talking the last time we spoke we were talking about how the global north and the global south and the politics of climate finance sort of works and sort of we had a lot to look forward to there were a lot of hopes pegged on to cop 27 when i was following these negotiations and i'm sure you were as well because you were clued in you were the united nations secretary general's advocate for sustainable development goals uh How did you feel following these negotiations? Did you? I had a full roller coaster of emotions. I was disappointed, and then I'm like, "What is happening?" And then finally, it was not as bad. So, how did you feel? I felt exactly the same, Sadika. I think it's natural, um, but we almost. I think it's so important for us to keep in mind and remember that the world is at play here. Um, there is a lot of geopolitics at play. There are all kinds of stakeholders at those negotiation tables, and. Uh, there is obviously uh the outcome that has uh formed a significant relief for all of us which is the establishment of the loss and damage fund the nuances of this of course we will discover in the coming months i know in march we'll have more details on that and then cop 28 will define it even further but i think the all in all summation of the cop 27 for all of us should be that there is heightened awareness there is a significant shift in the actions people are willing to take i there was such a lot of uh, i mean from cop 21 where we arrived at the paris agreement to you know limit global temperatures to 1.5 pre industrial to where we find ourselves right now i think there is more work being done than ever before Yes, in an ideal situation, we would want that work to be accelerated by like a zillion, right? But <laughs> massively least, sped up. Yeah, but at least finally, the world concurs and understands and acknowledges that there is a price for climate change. Those innocent farmers who are dealing with the consequences of climate change are the most innocent and vulnerable. um part of this crisis and they deserve better and the loss and damage fund i think in a way ensures that they are not ignored they are not neglected and we can find a way to ensure that those who have must provide to those who don't have enough to combat the climate crisis correct so for our listeners loss and damage basically is a type of fund it's a category of climate finance which basically the developed countries give to the developing countries essentially to loss and damage essentially means what has been lost and damaged because of climate change 
it's sort of reparations and climate change is happening and we're dealing with it. Countries like India and Africa and developing countries are dealing with it because of the historical pollution that the developed world did. So now they sort of owe us this money because polluters pay. But oh, you- well, they owe us a lot more, right? Oh. Uh, and actually, I, I, I've hesitated from saying them and us because we're all in it together. Right. But yes, the global north historically has been the most significant contributors to this problem that we are experiencing. And there is a commitment that was made in 2009. Of course, now the commitment has to be $1 trillion annually. Um, we're still not seeing stakeholders come forward and make that payment, right? To, to start sending that money out. Um, and I honestly feel that until you have a legal document binding companies to do this, countries to do this, it's not really going to happen. Hopefully, COP28 will be that uh, point in human history where we actually have uh, countries come forward and say, okay, this is the money that needs to be paid. This is how it's going to be paid. And we're going to pay it now. Because it surprises me sometimes for real, it looks like a Ekta Kapoor daily soap where these people are saying like they're sincere, serious adults on a global yeah. forums promising that we're going to do this. And yeah. then they just slyly dodge it and they're like, oh, but yeah, we said, but we did. Oh, this reminds me. Uh, I'm sure you've heard the EU. What what the, the EU essentially, they were like, listen, we don't believe in the concept of loss and damage. But since you've been asking us, we'll pay a little bit. And then, but I, I believe like still, I think, it's a historical sort of agreement to get 200 nations to agree on something anything so I think yeah there's and there's a phenomenal details I mean very important details available on the UNFCC site so if anybody is interested in understanding what this loss and damage fund is why it should exist who is going to pay who uh, please go check out the details on the site or watch the climate change dictionary We've yes. it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, also, I'll just digress from the topic a little bit. I mean, this is a, you've been, I'm, you've been doing this, you've been sort of a part of this conversation for years now. It's been mm-hmm. a while since you've been doing this. So you understand how this functions. But the industry that no, you I come don't. from. The God's honest <laughs> truth is that I don't. You know, the, I, I just don't. Because I'm like a child. I'm like any child who understands that the crisis is real. It's affecting everyone everywhere. And I'm baffled. I'm just as baffled as any kid in any part of the world uh, with the way uh, leaders, world leaders respond to this crisis. And the fact that, my God, it is taking so much out of those who are trying to help people understand and educate them. You know, the science is evidenced. Everything is out there for these people to see and learn from and act upon. And still it's such a challenge. Nothing is happening. Correct. No, but something is happening, not nothing. Something is happening. We've made some progress. Little, very, very slowly. We're moving at a snail's pace. But also uh, the industry that you come from, largely, I mean, is infamous, I'm sorry, but for the lack of a better word, to to not have an opinion on a lot of things. And climate change is also not a political issue in terms of like like the politics of the nation. It's not yeah. a it's not a controversial issue. And I believe mm. it's not even it's not even a, a point of contention anymore. Like we know what is happening right now, right? Like everybody. Yeah. Does it sometimes get a little little frustrating for you personally to when you're probably trying to have I just want to understand, okay. Uh 
since you feel so passionately about it and the last time we spoke you also told me how sdgs are very personal to you i mean yeah. this, this is not just something you talk about it's become a part of how you look at life it's become mm-hmm. a part of your perspective so for somebody who has such sensibilities does it sometimes get a little frustrating for you when people around you are not understanding or don't think it's important or do people say th- i mean how do these conversations pan out i just want to understand like sadhika i think i think what is very unfortunate is that even if somebody is thinking about it or acting on it at a personal level they are not vocalizing it enough they're not actually going out there and doing what is required we need many more people in the media industry to start um supporting um ecological restoration speak up on the climate crisis of course more than anything else demand that climate um change features on every single election mandate uh every single politician should be talking about climate change and telling us what they are going to be doing to address climate change because that impacts everything it impacts job security food security social health agriculture health, unemployment everything. everything correct everything right yeah, yeah. so to make it a vote bank issue we need more people to start vocalizing that and it's very unfortunate that no one so i'm just responding to the fact that you're saying this is not even a political issue but still people don't talk about it damn it right to become a but issue. it needs to become a political issue so that's number 1 and number 2 yes we need to we need many more people to start talking about it demanding action asking questions and working with governments on climate action um I am personally not in favor of just pointing fingers. I think it's so important to work with policymakers and government across states uh to to you know help them build uh solutions and work on solutions. That's one. Two, I think um we are unfortunately a part of a system that drives consumerism. So the moment we align ourselves with climate action, I think there are many things that i find myself saying no to that i perhaps would have said yes to over a decade ago right there are so many jobs that i say no to there are so many peoples or people or associations i say no to because i know it's counterintuitive for me to do it at this stage of my life because i'm so aligned with the work that we're trying right. to do of course um and it's hard for everyone to say no to many of those things so i don't blame them for not publicly aligning themselves with climate um and climate action because then what's going to happen with their advertising revenue what is going to happen with all the things that will drive uh the capital they want to create Correct. for themselves so and you can i will ask you one question and you can choose to not answer it if you don't want mm. but have you had but to turn you, down you you understand what i'm saying right 100%. and i find it so hard i have had experience where i've reached out with so to so many of my colleagues in the recent past and of course uh before as well to just drive funding towards conservation efforts to drive funding towards good work that good people are doing and i don't think twice when somebody approaches me for money uh when it is anything to do with eco- ecological restoration or conservation work i i just sign a check and hand it hand it out because that is the most important and urgent work of our times but if you look at even the csr budgets 
and who how many people are actually investing in ecological restoration and uh, climate uh, resilience and clean energy and all of that it's a very very small number of people uh, so i don't know whether people really understand how important it is to now start diverting capital towards such work and also just feeling more generous towards what is really needed and important. Correct. But have it's you so hard to get actors to, to give money for anything think, to do with wildlife and, you know, ecological restoration. It's, it's too hard. Have you had to turn down like endorsements or, or brand deals because these brands were not climate conscious, so to say? Absolutely. I've Does it come down, at a cost? I mean, of course are these I like, mean, the cost that it comes at is that you're basically refusing... Uh, revenue you're refusing I mean I can be I can have the Robin Hood mentality where I say you know I'll make all this money from this 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 and then I'll put it back I do that sometimes but if I know that a company is a red flag because they're polluting because they're you know um, they're, not, they're unethical or they're not aligned with climate action then I don't want to have anything to do with that company and I've outright refused yeah how do you feel about coca-cola Sponsoring cop. Hey, Prabhu. Difficult question, I knew. But I get it. I mean, I get it. We're all divided, right? And also, I mean, on some level, I genuinely feel like it's bad and it's wrong. And of course, all of that. It's Kokola is one of the biggest polluters in the world. But I mean, come on, you're doing all of that pollution. You better pay for something good as well, right? So I don't know. I'm a little yeah, divided. Yeah, but that is the problem of our world. We have operated on a double moral. You can't say, I will pollute, I will kill, I will destroy forests. And, but I have created employment. I have generated wealth. That is the model of capitalism that has led us in the direction that we find ourselves in, right? At the point that we are in human history. So that double moral, I think, has to be seriously addressed. I totally agree that if a company like Coca-Cola is doing good and wants to stand by something and support something as significant as the COP27, then great. But then they also have to commit to what recycling every single piece of plastic that they put out into the world. Because we have the data, we have the statistics. It just feels like a bit of an irony that you can be such a significant polluter, uh, but then go on and do something like this. So that has to change. I had worked with a foundation that Coca-Cola had set up in India. And I, I, I faced that dichotomy as well because I was, uh, well, I was basically asked to join the board of a foundation uh, called Anandana that Coca-Cola has set up in India. And the foundation has nothing to do with Coca-Cola directly, other Correct, than the fact yeah. that we use the CSR money to generate water in India. So building check dams, recharging groundwater, helping local rural communities become more water resilient is the work that Anandana was doing. And the work is phenomenal. And I remember at the time I asked Chief Justice Varma, who is the chair of the foundation, whether it would be right for me to join the foundation. And he said, absolutely, because good work is happening here. And it's only when we do good work can we help these people understand that they need to do better overall. Um, and I know that 
uh, this engagement itself and of course these questions that everybody has asked all over all over the world will make coca-cola introspect and hopefully do better as well i hope i hope it does also uh, see i i mean in my newsroom because i'm somebody who's talking about climate all the time people are like oh yeah. now she's come now she's going to now she's going to like make that climate change link so i'm sure and it translates because when you're a lot of your energy is invested in something so much it translates into other things as well for instance mm-hmm. uh, i'm sure in your conversations in 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 i'm sh- like the makeup you buy the clothes you wear it translates into everything eventually right absolutely so when you are um, these and i don't know i mean I, i i i might not know better but the film industry is largely driven is a very profit driven industry people are here to make business get things done and move ahead right and nobody really has the time to sort of uh, constantly take care of the environment or or so i mean i don't know like does it happen with you sometimes when people are like oh why are you being so activisty i mean come on nobody cares about it how does it matter <laughs> do you hear that activisty uh, i love that term sadika i have been accused of being an activist since i was very young so i'm totally like immune to that accusation it's fine i think every one of us should be active citizens Activists. because if we Correct. are not active then are we dead <laughs> right Correct. um so citizenship should be active and even if you're accused of being an active activist it's perfectly fine um yes um actions connected to climate can be disconcerting can be inconvenient and can be often uh viewed as um annoying by many people and that's fine because what it's you know climate consciousness has not become the norm yet people are not operating from a place of that consciousness right um but when people start learning we start doing better i'll give an example sadika 7 years ago i started walking around with my metal bottle right started that hashtag traveling bottle Today I see complete strangers at airports at railway stations in meetings in conferences at offices in schools everywhere carrying their metal bottles plastic bottles correct and everybody stopped it's carrying a, plastic bottles it's a well everybody hasn't stopped carrying I mean everybody has it like it's become a it's become like a statement people exactly more people than ever before are refusing single use plastic bottles are carrying their own water bottles now when i started out people made fun of me they mocked me they ridiculed me they said i was crazy but i think the point sadika is that if we know better we have to do better and the only way we can do better is to consciously make choices every day in our lives even though our choices may seem inconvenient to others and may be far removed from the norm uh, we have to keep empowering ourselves with uh, better choices and of course in with those uh, you know bring the changes that we need to in our everyday lives and um, yeah even if at some point we are like uh the part of somebody's joke eventually i think people will recognize the merit in those actions and follow through just like it happened with the case of the traveling bottle uh, and i think it's with several other life choices that you've made like several yeah, things yeah so i was actually coming followed. to a discussion that i was having with my husband the other day where you know we were talking about switching to electric vehicles so right now we were driving the cars we've had for many years and um i was like what do you think about going electric 
And uh, the point that I was making was, I'd rather continue using the car I'm using right now uh, because I feel like my carbon footprint on that would be lower than if I, you know, whatever, turned this in and got another car. Uh, specifically because uh, we're not using clean energy to electrify, basically charge our e-cars, right? Yet, we're still depending on... Uh, Coal-generated electricity. Coal-generation coal-generated electricity to charge our cars. So I said, I will get an electric vehicle when I can charge my car with clean energy. Um, so it felt like a fair debate for us to have. Um, I could be totally wrong. It's something that I'm still trying to understand because they've been, you know, for and counter. Uh, I've been told that until more and more e-vehicles come on the road, the generation or the source of supply for their energy is not going to, that switch is not going to happen. The, the, you know, the state is not going to provide uh, clean energy unless there are a significant number of electric vehicles on correct, the road. So, correct. I, it's the chicken and egg situation. Correct, but correct. the point is that I think we all have ways and means to be better citizens of the planet and we have to keep finding and making choices uh, that we can. Yeah. So I don't have you seen this this uh, TV show on Netflix called uh, The Good Place? No, I haven't. It is it is fun you should. But there's an episode it's a very interesting so there's this person. Basically it's about how the good place is like the heaven the bad place is like hell and people depending mm. on what they're doing are either sent to heaven or hell. And now over the years since they have not updated the point system nobody has mm. gone to the good place in years. And that's simply because there is no ethical consumption in a capitalist world. So they find the yeah. best person who's living. This person's living in a farm. They grow their own potatoes and everything like their, their tomatoes and nothing is everything that you can imagine to possibly someone to possibly do. They're doing. Mm. And mm. but still ultimately, so you do one thing right. But then the car, you understand like it's so sort of convoluted that you do one thing right and then something else doesn't happen. So do you sometimes feel that maybe there is no ethical consumption in the capitalist world anymore? Whew, uh, tough one, right? Because I think we are all confronted by that one. I always tell my husband, I said, maybe we just need to become hermits and live in the mountains <laughs> and forage and become foragers, like forage for food and have consume nothing other Correct. than the basic water and food that we need every day. So don't own anything. Uh, but we can't do that. That is not the re reality we live in. Correct. And I think what we all need to do is to practice some level of minimalism and bring some, some amount of conscious consumption into our lives. And I think that if we can all even make basics, basic changes like refuse single-use plastics, compost and segregate garbage at home, become responsible for the waste that we generate, um, you know, plant more trees and support organizations that are restoring ecosystems or protecting environments and wildlife and forests, uh, or even do something as basic as invest in companies that are making better choices or making cleaner and safer, whether it's food or clothes or whatever it is accessible to people. Um, I think we'd be doing, you know, what we need to. 
Because imagine if everybody started doing that, what a huge shift that would make. Because we know that a significant percentage of global emissions is connected to household uh, households, right? Uh, which is why I think our prime minister has launched this new campaign called Life, where Life, he's saying, "Yes, yeah," where he basically says what I've been trying to say for the last few years. No, but you also that, understand. I think know. it's so cool. Like I remember, uh, one of the American presidents had once said that, "Sure, we're here for climate change, but the American lifestyle is non-negotiable. So we can't really reduce our emissions." But then, for a country like India, where we, I mean, a, a large part of our emissions still go to providing basic electricity, education, tap water, right? And if we can no, turn but we are say, see, but the fact of the matter is that we are the third highest emitters, right? We are, we are creating a significant amount of carbon emission, and that has to change because we also have the second largest and soon to become the largest population on the world. We need to be able to provide clean air for our citizens to breathe. We need to be able to provide clean water for them to drink and food to eat, and all of these. This is all of this is right to life. It's right to dignity. It's, it's do you also sometimes? To... I mean, it's a it's a very t-shirt worthy quote that I recently I don't know out of nowhere said that carbon aspirations need carbon emissions. Now I understand that maybe I there should not be an AC in the house or there should not be seven ACs in the house, or but for someone who's been able to afford an AC for the first generation. It's aspirational. Now, is it entirely fair for us to turn around and say, "Hey, listen, we've polluted so much that now that you can finally afford, you please don't." So, do you think that is also no, especially please, in the please go country? ahead and afford that AC and own that AC and enjoy that AC, but make sure you don't reduce the temperature below twenty-four degrees. Hi, correct. So hmm. that's the basic that we can do, right? So that is the level of consciousness that we're talking about. Where, come on, Sadika, you and I both know how many households actually segregate waste. How many people are willing to manage something as basic as the waste that they pro, pro, you know create in their households? Now imagine the Correct. quantifying impact and the and the ripple effect if every household, every school, every hospital, every corporation, every industry, everyone just decided to become responsible for their waste. how much pollution we would bring out how much stress on landfills we would reduce how much pollution of soil of water of air we would be able to you know mitigate so it, it, this is not it, this is not really because you know you and i can always say that but the fact of the matter is that the biggest emitters of polluters are less than 1% of the world's population it's true but the rest of us are dealing with the consequences and the rest of us have the opportunity to bring about change and we Correct. must Correct. i mean we cannot raise our hands and say we don't need to do this but i mean some people will have to go the do the good work like you're doing yeah uh, so uh, now finally see uh, like for instance when climate finance the conversation was established or when historical polluter the fact was established that listen you did a little more than we did actually a lot more than we did you're probably majorly responsible for where we all are right now so yeah, you created were, climate chaos hmm. correct so then these were big landmarks right when these things were decided on 
and then they sort of decided the vocabulary for climate negotiations for the time to come do you think it's the same with law the setting up of loss and damage funds even though right now we don't have details and from how we've seen things go it might take a while for them to get in place and then 5 trillion dollars or how much 500 sorry 500 billion 500 billion dollars or one how much trillion. what is the correct how the much to be is 1 trillion um annually this is something that we have known for a while i think what will happen by cop 28 is we'll know exactly where we stand and of course like i said i think there will be a, a, a legally binding document a document that will basically describe exactly how because the steering committee is going to make sure of that so everybody is agreed to uh make that investment spend that money we just now need to know how it's going to be spent and where it's going to go and how it's going to go in what form hmm right right and do you think then uh, i was talking to one of the experts and he said this was expected to be a low outcome cop because of the massive pakistan floods which nobody could deny right like pakistan floods were the biggest proof of what climate change is doing to people now and of course there were forest fires in europe this year was overall pretty heavy on extreme weather events across the globe so to no- deny this anymore or to say loss and damage conversation abhi can be on the back seat was very difficult this year and since you didn't really expect anything else like climate finance not really much happened so you were like okay fine let's let's sort of push it on the front of loss and damage but this expert said this was going to be a low income cop uh but also going ahead we have sort of hit the begun to hit the threshold of global negotiations because so far we were agreeing on things that were sc- relatively easy to agree on so these negotiations were yielding sort of big results going forward it might not be as simple because countries and their political interest and like now the idea of most vulnerable within the developing countries so there's a rift between the g77 and so do you think going forward global negotiations are going to become more difficult or yield less no i think they will become easier and they will yield more um because uh, there are just too many facts that the world is confronted by and i think it's become very glaringly evident that economies are going to be hit by the climate crisis and i think when we all can easily agree to the fact that when it is a matter of money human beings behave <laughs> they, they do what needs to be done so my guess is that uh, hmm. mother earth is going to tell us all that okay. agar paisa kamana hai to karna padega boss okay. and and it is um, like when you mentioned what happened with pakistan this year it's also the number associated with that crisis look at what the loss is right of course there's social loss and there's there's been a, there's been devastating damage to property and lives and livelihood and all of that and and loss of lives but what does it do to the economy of a country how does Passive that impact the world loss. yeah so i think my guess will be that politicians will have to care about the crisis and they will have to start moving the needle in the right direction i think we're already moving yeah. the needle in the right direction and, and the it's fact too late, that yeah. uh, india india is chairing the g20 uh, india will have i think a very significant role to play in negotiations going forward and bringing company countries together to ensure that we have a very specific plan and engagement on how we're going to deal with the climate crisis hmm. 
Correct. The my last question to you is again you can choose to not answer this. But if Coca Cola came to you with a with a brand deal, what would your response personally be? And you can you can you can customize the ad. So here it's a thought experiment. So you can really imagine and sort of work around no, whatever. Uh, however, no, there's think. there's nothing to imagine. I wouldn't endorse Coca Cola at all. No, at all. That's so cool, but it's just yeah. see. Have you? This is why I mean, no wonder people in the industry are not sort of as vocal about it because it it comes at a cost, right? Like this is, I mean, not just money, but a lot of other things also. But okay, uh, for instance, if 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 they let you, but exactly Sadika, like said, I've reached a point in my life where I don't do anything that feels counterintuitive. Um, I don't operate for money. I mean, yes, money is important. Uh, today, maybe I am uh, lucky enough to be in a place where I feel financially secure enough to be able to refuse money, right? But everybody wants to make money, and everybody is happier to make more money. And why so, not? Yeah. And why not? Uh, but no, there are the the values and the principles are very basic, and if they uh, they hold if true they tell for you, everything. If they tell you, uh, you can design the campaign. Like maybe a part of you being the face of it has to do something with like 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 you said like unless you recycle all your all your plastic bottles. Would so you interestingly, then... I know that Coca Cola in India recycles a very 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 high percentage of the plastic. Uh, so because of the not just the formal but the informal sector of waste management. So this I know for a fact, but. There are just certain things that we shouldn't do. I mean, I can name other companies that I've said no to. I'm not going to get into that right now. But if something doesn't work for you at this stage, the only way to say, the only response to have is is no. I just hope maybe COP was as virtuous as you, and then they would have said, "Listen, a lot you know, of money, COP, but we won't take it." COP. <laughs> as as a platform is virtuous and thank god it is right it brings the right minds together it brings the science together i think that emissions gap report was just like absolutely huge yeah. intervention it was something that i think we all needed to read and global leaders needed to read and policy makers needed to see and understand that we are so far behind uh the agreement that commitment that we made at the paris agreement right um and and that we just have to start start mobilizing and accelerating action at a much more heightened speed so i think cop as a platform is critical it's important Absolutely. it's necessary um and i just feel that more and more stakeholders are going to become better informed and hopefully we will be able to see the change that we need correct but i guess this was a lovely lovely conversation dia thank you so much uh, for talking to us i had a lot of fun i am sure so did our listeners and thank you for sharing so many personal stories from your life i'm sure like they're supremely inspiring and also just i mean largely even beyond the conversation on climate just to sort of give up and stand for what you believe in i think that's that's super amazing so kudos to you and uh, thank, thank you, you so much thank you sadika it was good fun thanks You were listening to the Quinn's podcast.